0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Reagan. My name is Victor. And welcome to Sanctified-ish, conversations with pastors who have not figured it out. One of the most sad things that
1: I think anyone can ever do is purchase an exercise, a piece of exercise equipment, right? And then just stare at it for months and never, like, actually use it.
0: Are you talking about your Peloton?
1: I'm talking about my Peloton. (laughs) I'm talking about my Peloton. Man, I I hopped on the Peloton the other day for the first yeah, yeah. time in like two or three
0: months. I'm proud of you, man. That's big. Dude, it
1: killed me. I know. <laughs> I was like, dude, I couldn't walk up my stairs. Uh-huh. I was like clutching the, the handrail on my stairs trying to like, force my way to go to bed.
0: Who was your instructor?
1: <laughs> uh, oh, I forget his name. But That's he tough. was yelling. He was That's yelling. <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy with me. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
0: See, you got you gotta move the Peloton in your house though. Cause I don't I don't know where it's at though. But last time I came over, it's like you walk into your house and like to the right, it's in the kitchen. It's like a trophy. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like, hi, welcome to <laughs> my home. Boom, Peloton. Boom! Yeah. First thing you see when you go into your home. Um, um but
1: I'm proud of myself because after spending literally months not being on the Peloton, I was on the Peloton the other day. I haven't been on it in two days, but Bro, future victor will deal with
0: that that's big because like that's also i'm mean, gonna you and i've talked about this i just feel like i've been gone for like two months straight like yes, <laughs> just for en- real endlessly bro and i don't know if that's just like the summer or if that's adulthood or i don't know what that is but it's like camp vacations like i want to go pick up alyssa like there's just like all these things that just like i just i haven't been home in forever mm-hmm. um and so it's like things like just like going to the gym or just waking up at a normal time. Um, all of that stuff, dude, I feel like it's just been completely thrown off the last couple it of months.
1: thrown out the window. It's
0: gone. Yeah, But then like when you started back up again, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I did squats at the gym today. I'm six foot six, I don't squat anything. And so like, do you know how long and how far I have to go to squat something? It's like four feet, dude. Bro, it's awesome. <laughs> i didn't i didn't even tell you this i uh so like i'm i'm six foot six but six foot four of that is just my legs so uh-huh. like i have like a very normal sized torso and i was sitting uh down on the couch next to alyssa a couple days ago and i sat down and she's like wait stand up or sit, sit up straight and i sat up straight and like she's tall but like i'm like nine inches taller than her and she right. can look me in the eyes and she's like oh my gosh you are all legs you are completely <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, when I sit down, I look her eye to eye. And then when I stand up, there's like a ten inch difference Damn. between me and her. Um
1: it took well, so, it took her that long to notice. <laughs> it's like I you just, are all legs.
0: Bro, welcome to long distance, man. That was the first <laughs> time I sat down next to her on a
1: couch. It's been it's been FaceTime. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah, you can't you can't see that over FaceTime, man.
1: Man, that's it's tough. real.
0: Um, and, I have no um, idea what that had to do with rhythms, but today we're talking about <laughs> rhythms and <laughs> spiritual rhythms, life rhythms, and how all the times it just gets thrown off. Um, And I think a lot of the time, man, it's like I feel thrown off when my rhythms get thrown off. And so, like if I don't wake up at the same time, or if I don't like read my Bible first thing in the morning because I've determined that that's the spiritual and holy thing to yep. do, then the rest of my day is like, well. I didn't do it at 6 a.m. So I can't do it at 2 p.m. So I just shouldn't do it at all. Yep. Um, And then, so we're going to talk through like why rhythms are not a bad thing. Jesus had rhythms. Rhythms are good, but we are also not a slave to our rhythms. And like we even see like Jesus break the mold of his rhythms and his ministry um, to serve those in need. So all things rhythms, man. It'll be cool.
1: Yeah, it's Like most things in the church, there are two extremes and people tend to sit in one of the two extremes. You have the person who really struggles to build and develop rhythms. So that turns into like laziness and apathy and lack of motivation. And then you have someone who is so like rhythmic and is so set to their schedule and is so glued to their Google calendar that there's no room or no flexibility to spend time with people or to um, have like holy interruptions or like you know, God interruptions in your life. And yeah. we sit in one of these two extremes and neither one of them are really healthy. Yeah. And I've found myself sitting in both of these extremes. I feel like we have tendencies, but I feel like I've had yeah. both where I'll be in a really, you know, bad kind of like rhythm, rhythm era of my life or season. And then for whatever reason, I'll realize that and swing the pendulum And then it'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to get I'm going to buy this notebook and then I'm going to write down (laughs) all all my schedule. And then, you know, I'm going to have this. I'm going to do this at 903 a.m. And then my life becomes so scheduled that it's like I actually don't have time for people or friends or family or Jesus. And when I am interrupted, it's actually more of an inconvenience, even though it could be something that God is like trying to put in front of my face. And so, man, yeah. I'm just like, I see these two extremes and I see them in the church and I look at them and I'm like, there has to be something else. Like there has to yeah. be a healthy version of both of these.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I think before we even move too far into this conversation, I think we have to define what a rhythm means. Like when we say a rhythm, like we're not talking like musically rhythmic, although there's probably some illustration that we could go down that route. But I think like rhythm simply just means like it is a practice or a structure or a habit that bends our life back towards its created intent. And so like rhythmic doesn't just even mean spiritual. Like there are physical rhythms because God created us like a mind, a body and a soul. Like your body's not bad. God created our body to have rhythms. Sleep is a rhythm. That every night, like if you get one hour of sleep every night for the rest of your life, your body is not in rhythm and there are negative side effects. Yep. So in the same way, our bodies have rhythms, our lives have rhythms, our spiritual lives with God and in the church have rhythms. That when we neglect these practices, these habits, these systems, these structures, some are natural. Like sleep, some are also imposed. Like half of the books I have on my shelf are because people wanted me to get new rhythms that I never read the book. And so it's yeah. like sometimes you build in new rhythms, other times just discovering the natural rhythms that are already there. Um, but oftentimes rhythms have fruit. And yeah. so the things that we want to see either God do in our life or the things that we want to create start with our rhythms. And when we see our life go off course, I'm not talking about suffering. When we see our life and man, like I really, like the thing that I want right now is I want eight hours of sleep. I really, yeah. really just want eight hours of sleep. I've been running on six hours probably for the last month or so. Not good for me. Not great. Yeah. Not, and that that has negative side effects. Yep. But it's like the reason I don't have eight hours is because what I set up and what I schedule and what I prioritize doesn't allow for that rhythm that then has fruit. And so a lot of yeah. this is kind of coming back to the basics of like what do we want to see in our lives? What are the things that we see right now? And how can we establish these healthy systems and structures to get us there?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting you said this at the beginning of of our conversation, but Jesus had rhythms. Like there were things mm-hmm. that Jesus did repetitively throughout did his ministry. And what well, did you you cut out. I didn't even hear what you said. You I said I
0: said I said what did he do? <laughs>
1: I thought you were making fun of my Funko Pops behind me. I was about to get real offended. No, I would I would Um, never I would never make fun
0: of your Funko Pops. How dare you? That's fair. That's fair. Your three hundred dollar Ahsoka. Yeah, you really did. With your three hundred dollar Ahsoka one.
1: But man, Jesus had rhythms and we see these throughout scripture, and there are countless times in Christ's ministry where it literally the text tells us that he took time away. Like he retreated would be yeah. the language and he would go away and he would spend time with his father. And this was a regular occurrence with Jesus or even like look at Daniel, right? Yeah. The Old Testament, he had a rhythm of spending time and praying to his heavenly father. And when it was disallowed, when it was banned, when it was illegal, he continued his rhythm because he knew that spending time with Jesus was just that important. Yeah. And so, if Jesus had these rhythms, and that's not the only rhythm he had, but spending time with Jesus is a very important rhythm. Yeah. If Jesus had them, then we ought to look at our life and say, man, okay, what rhythms do I have? What rhythms do I need to develop? I mean, what rhythms do I need to get rid of? Because there are lots of unhealthy rhythms that, like you said, man, when we live in unhealthy rhythms, they produce unhealthy fruit. It's yeah. like if if I have a rhythm of watching four hours of TikTok every single night, mm-hmm. then man, I'm probably wasting a lot of really good time that the Lord has given me to go do something productive like be yeah. with students or to go to soccer games or to hang out with my family, like whatever it may be, but I'm spending time on TikTok. And so that's kind of where these unhealthy rhythms kind of sit. I don't know for you, like what have been the indicators maybe that you're developing some unhealthy rhythms and then how did you flip the switch like how did you realize those and then flip them around and develop healthy rhythms
0: um i don't really know what the indicator lights would be necessarily um mainly for me just people have come in and said something like i i don't really have the ability to to interpret my life that accurately Um, but a lot of the time it's been people like you or like some of our other friends that have come in, it's like, Hey man, like I actually see this in your life because I'm in community. I've said that I've wanted these things. Like I want to go and grow in things like prayer. I really, I was super into CrossFit for a time. Then I quit like most things. And (laughs) like, it's like when you bring this into community, it's like, okay, well, we know these things about you. Community is also able to see into your life in a way that you're maybe not able to. So that's the, like, the easiest way that I've been able to indicate, like maybe this is a rhythm that I need to change. And I know that like you have felt that also where like, we've just gotten random texts from our friends that like yeah. have the gift of discernment. That's like, Hey bro, I see this in your life and here's the fruit of this and here's probably where it needs to change and grow. Um, I think when it comes to growth, I think it's like, it's super intimidating to change rhythms. It really is because you see the end results of yeah. like, oh i need to okay let's start with prayer like man i need to pray for an hour like jesus spent time with the father like how am i supposed to do that mm-hmm. but it's like when reality is rhythms is just like a domino effect where it's like start with one domino and that knocks down the next, one, the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one like jesus didn't start his prayer ministry in gethsemane yep gethsemane was the fruit of decisions that he made to go and spend time with the father when choosing the twelve when John the Baptist died, like when all of these things, it's like all throughout the gospel, he went away, he went away, he went away, he went away. So in his moment of need, in his moment of suffering, Jesus prayed. Yeah, that was a fruit of the habits that he had built. Um, yeah. and so I think like how how do you change and start allow community and honestly ask the Holy Spirit um search me oh god know my heart you are nine Mm. times out of ten you are unable to accurately diagnose your strengths your weaknesses and especially in your spiritual life so let the Mm. holy spirit whether it's through community or just direct access let him discern your life um and then start somewhere yeah start small
1: one of my favorite theologians Um, j cole says that a forest doesn't grow overnight like a jungle can't grow overnight and like what he's saying lamentations uh, it's from lamentations (laughs) um what he's saying there right is like a forest doesn't just pop up like you can't just like an entire you know even down to something super like even like grass it doesn't just like happen what happens is there's a long time a long period of time where these trees actually need to grow it's very similar with our habits and our rhythms if we make very good intentional choices to build healthy rhythms then that forest over time will grow into good fruit well but the opposite is true too yeah yeah like we look at these big pastors and who have fallen from ministry or we look yeah. at these people who have been disqualified and it's not like just one morning they decided to wake up and say, you know what, I'm gonna be unfaithful to my family or you know what, I'm gonna go do something that's going to disqualify me from, from pastoring the flock that, that the Lord has entrusted me. Usually they have made small intentional choices. They've built unhealthy rhythms that over time have led to incredibly bad fruit that has hurt a lot of people.
0: Yeah. It's and that old, that's just how that works. It's that old analogy that Rome wasn't built in a day, but it fell in a day. Yeah. yeah. And like that, it's haunting when you think about it that way. But I think that was going to be kind of to your point there. I think that's why rhythms are, are important. Like that's why God established rhythms. There's rhythms in creation. He has rhythms. Jesus has rhythms. And so there's not really a scenario where we can follow Jesus and not have that affect the way we live. Like to your point, it's better to structure your life and the rhythms that God has given that whether that's rest or whether that's sanctification or whether that's like the way of Jesus I think that's that's John Mark Comer's whole spiel yep. if you don't know John Mark Comer he's some uh, some pastor out in Portland that has been really up. big yeah like he's fantastic um but his whole thing is like Jesus hasn't just called you to believe in him but there's a way that we are to follow him and like that affects everything we do. So like our life is conformity not just to Jesus's teachings but to his way of life. Yeah. Because it's better. Because it's better. And I think it's like Genesis is probably the best explanation of this. Um God created order. Okay, there's 7 days on the 7th day he rested.
1: Yeah.
0: All throughout the Old Testament Israel struggles with the Sabbath. a struggle with rest. Even like manna in the Old Testament, like, okay, all this bread falls down from heaven. It's great. It's awesome. But it's like, don't go out and collect it on the seventh day. If you collect it, it's just going to like disappear. And like, it's it's useless toil because what God is teaching the people is there's a rhythm in dependence on me. Yeah. There's a rhythm in what I, I, I am your support. I will provide for you, not this bread. And in that there's something that's beautiful about like, no, there's more destruction and going outside of that created order than actually living within it. There's a yeah. rhythm there of depending on God for those six days or working for those six days and depending on God for that seventh that yeah. the Lord will sustain and actually believing that that is better.
1: It, it kind of brings up an interesting point that, that you had mentioned a little bit earlier about sleep. And it's one of those rhythms that like physically you have to have. Yeah. or like there is a study done a while ago, if you go a certain amount of days without sleep, you can actually die. It's like the body, the human body, just needs sleep. And I yeah I remember hearing the sermon a long time ago, basically where the pastor just builds out the theology of sleep. And the reason yeah. sleep is such a beautiful thing is because it's daily. It is not even a conscious choice for a lot of people. It's like you just go to bed. And it's like it is it is our human limitations forcing us to depend on the creator of the universe to sustain us. There is no reason that I fall asleep at 10 o'clock at night and wake up at six o'clock in the morning unless like God doesn't do it. Because I am completely and utterly useless. (laughs)
0: When I'm asleep. What what a powerful testimony though. Like you could compare the theology of sleep to every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that yes. even those who are absolute atheists have to depend on God for eight hours of sleep to sustain their yes. body and wake them up in the morning. It's like at some point, everybody in the earth has had to depend on the Lord because we've all had to sleep. Yes, um, daily. Daily, man, daily. And so like there's a lot of things where there is sleep, or our physical health or even these spiritual disciplines, like these rhythms that God has put in place for our benefit and to like show us who he is. Um, And a lot of the times we get in trouble with this, we either lean into self-sufficiency or we just neglect all of these things. I'm looking at all of our high school and college students. I don't need sleep, I don't need sleep, I don't need sleep, I don't need sleep, I don't need sleep. Bro, go to sleep. (laughs) Yep. Go to sleep, just go to sleep. Um, but we can also lean from self-sufficiency into like legalism where it's like these rhythms then make me right with God or these rhythms, like you said, we get so close fisted with them where it's almost like we stifle out the voice of the spirit. And you had made a really poignant comment before we got on here that it's like, sometimes our churches have become so rhythmic that we have lost the ability to listen to the voice of the spirit in times of crisis, like it's like when I'll just give an example here. Like we had uh, we had a mass shooting in Virginia Beach a couple years ago. My my, my family lives in Virginia Beach. Um, tragic in the community, and there were some churches that night that, like, immediately responded. Like, they were out in the streets. They were praying. They held prayer vigils. They changed what they preached on on Sunday morning. Hey, now. Like, and there were some other churches that, like, praise God, like, they just kept going because it's another Sunday and we have our other schedule. And, like, there, there's some wisdom and there's this, there's discernment in that. Yeah, for sure. But the reality of, like, holding so tightly our schedules into our rhythms is that sometimes we miss the ministry that god has right in front of us here and now it's like when i look at the life and ministry of jesus one of our uh a pastor named brian laritz he preached this sermon where he was like jesus had rhythms but he was never too busy for people yeah and that like even the uh the story of the persistent widow like he's just going through the crowds man he's doing ministry and like um she just keeps going again and again and again and again and again and again again to him and he stops what he's doing and he turns to her and he gives her attention yeah like jesus wasn't too rhythmic in his ministry and his ways and his life even though he valued rhythms he wasn't too he wasn't too rhythmic to miss out on people and i think i think we kind of swing both ways in the church
1: Yeah, it brings up I mean, a whole other fascinating conversation of just the idol of time and how our culture idolizes time to where we always have to be doing something, we always have to be moving forward, we always have to be accomplishing something, and in that we move so fast and we always have to be moving to the next thing that we oftentimes miss, people and the Holy Spirit in these transitional moments. And it's like, man, I am... I'm, I'm worried that a lot of people in our church today are so focused on moving to the next thing that we, we've we kind of quenched the way that we hear and our sensitivity to the spirit because you're like, man, Jesus had a busy ministry. Like, yeah. Jesus had a lot of stuff to do. Like talk about the God of the universe becoming man. You're not busier like,
0: than Jesus.
1: <laughs> like You're not, <laughs> sorry. And it's like, and if Jesus can stop what he's doing, and turn his focus to children who yeah. want to see and sit, you know, at his feet and just talk and hang out with Jesus to the widow who's hurt and been through suffering. It's like, if Jesus can stop and pay attention to the least of these, mm-hmm. man, it's like the second that we miss it or glaze over it, yeah. like we, we have, we have ceased like to be sensitive to the Holy spirit in that moment. I mean, the church is guilty of it.
0: Well, like, and if I could connect this for a second, I think we we hear the voice of the Spirit honestly through rhythms. Like Jesus was—I don't be careful in how I say this. Jesus was so filled; he walked so closely with the Father because he went away. He spent time. He knew the voice, so that when he was interrupted, he heard it. And I think oftentimes it's like it's not that we're too busy; we just don't know his voice. Yeah. So like when you don't spend time with somebody, it's hard to discern the voice. So it starts with our rhythms and it actually helps us be open handed to hear the voice of God. I heard a a pastor illustrate this one time when it comes to hearing the voice of God. And this is going to hit only half of our audience because nobody knows what a voicemail is. But (laughs) he was saying that when he started dating his wife, um, she was like, hey, like, hey, it's Brie. Or something like that. And she started every message with, Hey, it's Brie. Hey, it's Brie. Hey, it's Brie. Hey, it's Brie. Hey, and then when they got married, she switched it to, Hey, it's me. Hmm. Or just, Hey. She stopped saying her name because she assumed he knew her voice. Yeah. And I think that right there, that starts with the rhythm. He called his wife every day, he talked with her every day. He knew her voice and could pick her out of a crowd. And so I think it goes hand in hand here where it's like, yes, it starts with our rhythms. Like that's why God has built these practices of prayer and reading the scriptures and meditation and isolation. Like he said, come away with me, spend time with me so that when you're out working, when you're walking the streets, I don't have to shout for You don't have to look for my name. You know, my voice. Yeah. And in that we're able to follow the voice of the spirit um, and do the work of the ministry.
1: One of my favorite people um, that I knew in high school, he was a college guy. His name was Bryson Barefoot. One of my favorite people. I love Bryson, and he would—he was like one of those like kind of charismatic guys that would just speak truth, even though sometimes it was hard to hear. He just kind of like say things. Yeah, and I remember I prayed in bible study as a probably a junior in high school and i prayed something along the lines of like god just give me one opportunity to tomorrow to share the gospel at school you know just give me one chance one opportunity amen you know and i i, I hang up the phone and bryson is like hey victor that was a pretty bad prayer and i was <laughs> like hold on don't be judging my prayers what do you mean is a bad prayer and he's like yeah you know god gives you literally thousands of opportunities every single day for you to share the gospel with your friends you just need to take the step and actually do it and i was like okay bryson okay bryson barefoot thanks mr barefoot all right you're kind you're kind of right though yeah and it's like man we spend so much time asking the lord to give us opportunities and it's not that those opportunities it's not that that prayer is bad yeah but it's like when we don't go out and actually attempt to engage in the opportunities that he's already given us, man, it's like, why are we so fixated on praying this prayer, but not walking in obedience? Ah, you know, but like we become more in tune with the spirit. We see these opportunities more clearly when we know his voice, we spend time with him and we, read the Bible and we spend time with Jesus. And it's like that proximity to Jesus, that proximity to the spirit gives us a clearer voice or allows us to hear more clearly when those opportunities are around
0: us. This is something I've been wrestling with recently. We might just verbally process this in front of the public. Um, <laughs> but I've really been wrestling with like obedience is the fruit of the voice of God. Not my preaching, not the growth of my ministry. Like, obedience is how I know that I'm hearing God, loving God, and walking with God. Obedience doesn't mean I'm right with God. I'm right with God because of what He's done for me. But when I look at my life in the areas that I'm either growing and obedient, or I'm walking in, I'm looking at my life in the areas that I'm willfully disobedient to God. Hmm. And a lot of the times, like sharing my faith is one of them. Like, it's like you and I yeah. get paid professionally to share our faiths. Yeah. But it's like, when I look at my own personal life, I'm like, I don't know my neighbors. Mm. And it's like, well, it's like, yes, pray for both. Like he's given me neighbors. It's like, at the end of the day, it's just go. <laughs> just Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Be a, he has spoken everything that he's already told you. He's going to speak to you. Now just do it. Yeah. And I don't know why there's such like a disconnect and just a there's just feels like this very large chasm between the things that I know the Lord has so told me to do and me actually doing it. Mm. And I'm just kind of frustrated yeah. and mad and just pissed. And I'm like, I, I feel like Paul always says like, why do I do the things that I don't want to do? And like, I know I should do these things and the desire is there yet. It just doesn't happen.
1: It's that Romans 7 like frustration, which like it's also encouraging, right? Yeah. Paul, one of the most influential Christian leaders besides Jesus. Yeah. Struggled with this. And so we can also kind of take heart that we're not alone. You're probably not the only Christian at your school that struggles with this, or you're probably not the only student in your student ministry that's wrestling with these things. And that's cool because like we were even talking about earlier, it's like, that's why we have community. And honestly, the reason that I can develop really good rhythms and keep those really good rhythms, is because of community. It's because people text me. It's because we check in on one another. It's because we have a group chat. It's because we get together once a week. It's those things that help me sustain my healthy rhythms because man, if it weren't for community, if it weren't for people that had similar struggles to me, it's like, I don't know if I could lock arms with anyone. It's because it's so, so, so important. So I think like a really good way to kind of end cap this episode is man, I think you could listen to this. I think you could hear. Okay. I don't have good rhythms. I don't have healthy rhythms. I obviously need to go out and I need to develop good rhythms. I need yeah. to develop healthy rhythms. And here's where the temptation is is to swing so far to the, you know, rhythm, to the schedule, to the Google calendar that you don't leave room for for the spirit to move. And so as as people are getting motivated to to build in healthy rhythms in their life, man, what are some easy simple steps that people can take? to develop a healthy rhythm without maybe going overboard and overemphasizing the importance of a calendar or a schedule and kind of quenching out the spirit?
0: Um, I think, all right, I'll take uh, New Year's resolutions, for example. This is basically the worldwide example of good intentions that never actually happen. Um, mm-hmm. Which I feel like is most of our rhythms. Like, you have the good intention yeah. of reading your Bible or working out, or like coming back from a summer camp. I'm going to read my Bible three weeks later. It's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times, um, when it comes to rhythms, um, it's not enough to just add a rhythm. You have to take away a bad rhythm. Mm-hmm. So, if the house is broken, in a sense, if you have like stacks of cards and you're missing certain cards, putting something healthy on top of that is not necessarily going to build a healthy tower. Yeah. You almost have to replace the unhealthy rhythm with a healthy rhythm. Um, where a lot of the times people that like want to lose weight at the beginning of the year, it's like, well, I'm going to start going to the gym, but you didn't change your diet. Yeah. I want to start reading the Bible, but you don't change your, you don't change your sleep habits. Um, like, I want to go to church later. I want to go to church, but you don't set an alarm or wake up in time. So it's like, yeah. it's, there's these different things. It's like the good intentions are there. But at the end of the day, it's like, if you don't replace it, if you don't replace the bad habit with a good one, um, your good intentions won't last. Um, I think also just keeping the motivation. Like, why are we doing these things? <laughs> yeah. Um, these things do not save us. Um, they are not our, our end-all, be-all Um like the Lord has sustained me in enough seasons of really bad rhythms. Like there's been like a lot of times in my walk with the Lord or even in ministry where I look up like three, four months later and I'm like, whoa, that was unhealthy. Um, yeah. Yeah. and like, that's not great. That's like, that's when you notice that it's like, it's time to change that. But like the Lord sustained through that, you will be gracious to change. Um, and it's like, he'll be continue, continue to be faithful to you. But like, I'm doing these things not to be right with God, but because God has been good to me and I want to structure my life in a way where I can be intimate and close with him and hear his voice. Like, I don't know, it's just because I'm getting older, but the older I get, the longer, the more I desire to hear from God and be close to God. Like, it's why God created marriage. It's like the yeah. structure of like intimacy. It's a reflection of the intimacy that he wants to have with us. And so it's like, God has that desire. I'm I'm, I'm gonna start preaching here for a second because we read in our Bible plan this morning, uh, Victor and I do a Bible plan together, but like Ezekiel, man, I think it's Ezekiel 16, but he says, I made a covenant and you were mine. And then he talks about all of these other ways. He calls it like Israel was his faithless bride or something like that. He talks about all Mm -hmm. these ways that like he made this covenant, he wants this intimacy and then Israel did all these other things. And I'm like, man, the more I sin, the more that breaks my heart. And the more like I understand God's wrath and his anger and his tears, because in essence, I cheated on him Again again and again and again and again and again and again. And... So when I look at my rhythms and the way I'm structuring my life, I'm like, I know God has brought me close to him. He says in Ezekiel, he says, I will remain faithful to you. I will establish a covenant to you. I know that I am brought near to God through what Jesus has done for me. And I know my heart is prone to wander. So God has given me structures and rhythms to keep my heart close to him. Yeah. And that's like, that's the motivation for why we have rhythms.
1: Y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Man, we would love to hear maybe some rhythm changes that you are planning on making in your life and you just want to send us a quick email and let us know. That would be super encouraging. You can email us sanctifiedish at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions, comments, concerns, ideas for future episodes, you let us know. You can also find us on Instagram at sanctified underscore ish. Or on TikTok at Ring and Jones ninety seven and at Rotziv one five seven and y'all we look forward to catching you guys in the next one. Until next time, take care and God bless.
0: What do you think of Ahsoka?
1: I still have this hat tan line.
0: I know um, it's it's real prominent,
1: dude. You see that? You see it? Hold on, it's very blurry because I have a good camera, but <laughs> that's an Ahsoka Tano signed Funko Pop. That's pretty cool.
0: What do you What do you think of the show?
1: Oh, it's so good. It's so <laughs> so good. I don't want to say anything.
0: Just no, go watch it. it's fantastic. You've
1: watched it. Everyone listening, go watch it. Goodbye.
0: Goodbye. <laughs>